I'm Taylor Strecker, and this is Younger Uncovered, the podcast dedicated to all things younger. I don't need someone to write me a letter to know that last night's episode set some major changes in motion. Liza had literally written Josh out of her life. Kelsey is penning her resignation letter to Charles. I can't even. So I've got the episode's director here to help me delve a little bit deeper into all this chaos. Peter Lauer, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks. It's really fun to be here. It's so fun. I'm I'm, I'm here with you in LA. Look at this. <laughs> yeah. I'm a jet setter, Peter. It's gloomy, though. It's a gloomy I day. I like though. it when it's gloomy here. You guys got the good weather. Yeah. What are we doing in New York? Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> well, we're shooting Younger is what we're doing in New York. So you've directed many episodes of Younger. What is your process like in preparing to direct this particular show? Well, that's a secret. Oh, <laughs> secret. So it's like the secret sauce? My, my process is basically I ride a bike to work, and so by the time I get there, the hard part of the day is over with. <laughs> but um, no, it's, I, I just look for opportunities, you know, w- in anything from locations, comedy, is there a different way to say a line that might get a little bit more out of it? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just looking for opportunities. Has anything changed about how you approach an episode of Younger as the characters and storylines have evolved over the seasons? I've learned that Miriam does not like to pace. Interesting. I've learned that Hillary does not like to be photographed from a low angle, although she looks great from a low angle. She does. And she should take advantage of it while she can. (laughs) Uh, uh, I've learned that Sutton will do absolutely anything she's asked to a fault, and she probably should say no more often, but but not to me. Never to you. <laughs> There's not a whole hell of a lot to learn with Younger. They're just, everyone's so willing to try things, and it's it's a very open, great experience, really. And six seasons in, you guys are like a family. That's like the, yeah. that, that's the, the general tone we get when we have these podcasts and talk to you guys. It's like, Yeah, it's true. So considering that, are you invested in the overall storylines at this point? Like, of course you're invested in the cast and the crew and everybody, but the storylines, like, do things break your heart when you read them? <laughs> I thought when I came in to do these last two episodes of this season that the, the series was going to wrap up. Don't and, you dare. Poo, poo, poo. Don't say that. <laughs> oh, but when, but, but when I read them, I was like, well, I guess there's going to be another season. So, Yep. Well, there better be. If that's the end, there will be rioting <laughs> yeah, in the streets yeah. of Brooklyn and New York and L.A., for sure, all over the country. Um, how do you work with the episode's writers? I love having the writers on set for many reasons. They're just fun to have around. But it always blows my mind, you know, the feature paradigm where you don't have a writer on set. It's kind of like you, the director takes over and the, the writer's out of the picture. And I just – they're so helpful – I respect the, this writing staff quite a bit. The episode that we're talking about was written by Joe Murphy. Oh, love Joe. Joe's great. Joe's and great. He, he, his scripts are, they're very tight. Everything works. I read a Joe script and I know exactly how to shoot it because it's its just clear. It's clear and- In the dialogue or are there also like the nonverbal cues and stuff of that it, nature? And everything, the, stru- the structure, the, yes. s- the story structure. They're, it's, they're, they're very solid. So what was your favorite scene to shoot from this episode and why? The most challenging scene was the bachelorette party, without a doubt. Um, <laughs> the male strippers, it, was a, uh, it came out great. It was ridiculous. It was the, the cast were so distracted. You know, everyone was, was distracted except for the strippers who couldn't have, given, you know, couldn't have cared less. You know? Okay, so I'm going to jump ahead to some questions because we're on this topic right now. But let's talk about the bachelorette party for Diana. Okay. Uh, you shot inside of a Hummer and then a strip club. 
Yeah, the Hummer was easy. <laughs> it was because it had a lot of room. In it, you know? Right, exactly. This gigantic, gaudy Hummer. They have bigger ones too. They have they have super poles in them. Oh uh, wow! They can stand up in, but those are jazzy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, how does one cast male strippers? Are they actual dancers, strippers, or are they just actors? Now, these were actual uh, male strippers. The casting went through our extras casting department. We had a fortunately had a, a crew member who was only too happy to make the selects. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You know, all, all I cared about was that they were fit and extroverted, and they were. So <laughs> they were actually really great, really professional. I'm shocked that male strippers are extroverted. <laughs> yeah. Well, how strange. Uh, okay, with a shy one, stripper. With one exception, with one notable exception, there was one guy who you won't see much in the show because we got you know put put him in the deep background, <laughs> who you know he had two heads and only one of them was functioning. So. <laughs> Oh, that stays in. Okay, how did the cast react to the strip club scene? They were so distracted. They, they were, <laughs> for many reasons, not all positive, but just, but just, you couldn't get them to focus. It was, it was a, it was chaotic. Um, did they have fun? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And then the ladies get really toasty at this party. Mm-hmm. Um, when the cast is playing drunk, do they tend to break more, or are they like super focused? Well, I'm thinking of the scene after the uh, after the strip club when they get when they pile out of the Hummer at Inkberg. They were very focused because it was that was a very difficult scene to shoot, and they just wanted to get home. Yeah. It was late at night. It was cold. Emotional. It was emotional. It was there were trains every five seconds. Oh it, shit! Yes, they they were very focused on getting home. For what it's worth, Hillary plays a fantastic drunk. She does. <laughs> um, speaking of that scene, we're going to do a deep dive into that particular scene uh, in just a little bit, but. Liza in the scene is writing a letter and then Josh reads it and it's just, it's so emotional. So tell me about the choices that you made in executing them. Well, Nico reading the letter, the difficulty there was that, I mean, he, he, he was great. I mean, he was very focused. We were shooting it on the steps of the New York Public Library. Mm-hmm. There was a huge crowd of looky-loos, you know, standing around. So, really? So it was a little bit difficult. You would think on, on that level, but he was so focused I was trying to tune them out watching him perform this and the uh at one point some guy came walking came walking right behind him he's like screaming New York and, and I didn't even I didn't even notice it when we're done Nico was like did are you sure you got it? I mean, what that guy that, that guy walked through the shot scream like I didn't even see it. I was I was so in, engaged in what he was playing. Wow. Then we had these birds. I don't know if the birds are going to make it into the show or not. There's these pigeons that fly away. Yeah. I, but there was a thing with birds. That, well, what uh, happened with the birds? Oh, nothing. We just we, we just baited these pigeons to come into the into the shot and kind of fly away at the end. So they were like regular citizen pigeons. They yes. weren't casted pigeons. No, these were not. <laughs> then you, how did you lure them onto set? Just, I think with corn chips. <laughs> that will work. Corn chips, and then our then our AD took two pieces of wood and just slammed them together, and the birds all flew off. You know? <laughs> Amazing. So. <laughs> and then also tell me about when Liza's writing the letter in, in that scene. I mean, it's fairly simple to to shoot. I mean, what was it? What was in Sutton's head as she was doing that is is not my business. You know, what she was, you know, she played it very well. I was there with her, but it was pretty simple, really. And as Sutton, when she's in her head, that's a question that's come up before is, you know, are you directing them when they're doing their nonverbal thinking moments or no, you really just let them go and trust them to go? No, they, they're pros and they've, they've done their homework. I mean, they're, they're time to time I might present a fact just uh, as you're playing this moment, just be aware that you're thinking of this or we did a conference room scene and 
and it all played fine. But I just reminded, I think I reminded Sutton at one point that you know, Josh is on your mind right now because you know that right now he's reading that letter. So in this episode, Kelsey goes to speak at an all-girls school about her social media debacle. I'm sure all those extras were very professional, but... Was there a huge reaction from a room full of girls when you put Hillary Duff in front of them? Their inclination was to applaud for her. Because the scene begins with her walk. She walks up to a lectern. You know, the first take that we did, everyone was applauding. And we had to remind the audience, you know, the extras, that she hasn't won you over yet. You're, right. You're, there's some scattered, polite applause, and that's all. But it's Hillary Duff. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> The show has created a new environment with Infinitely 21 and the soon-to-be Inkberg Midtown. What's involved in finding new locations like that for the show? Locations for the show are always a challenge because, well, first of all, the the show is is location-heavy. We want to see New York City. It's a character in the show. But the city itself doesn't always help you. I mean, New York's – there's so much production in New York. There's a lot of hot zones, which are areas that have been photographed so much that neighbors get annoyed and the city shuts them down. We were trying to find last season, we were trying to find a bar, just trying to find a bar up on the Upper East Side because we were there shooting something else. We wanted to combine two locations, have them be close together for practical purposes. And um, I mean, we couldn't find – everything was hot zoned. We had to go. We had to go up to Harlem to find a nightclub that was, was suitable from the Upper East Side. From the Upper East Side. <laughs> wow. That... Upper, Upper West Side. Upper West Side. But uh, in any case, for Inkberg, it was written originally to be in uh, Inkberg Twenty One was supposed to be in Times Square. And I read that and my heart sank. I mean, shooting in Times Square is just awful. I know. When I have to walk through there, I'm kind of like, oh god, here we go, psych myself up. You know, it's 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 a real challenge, but. Uh, ultimately, that we shot on the corner of uh, it was 42nd and 6th, 42nd and 5th, Caddy Corner to the New York Public Library, which is why Nico has that scene on those steps. The place we're at was, was great. I mean, it, it had you know certain practical elements that we needed, you know, windows. You wanted to see the traffic outside. It was good that it was across from the New York Public Library, but then we couldn't shoot the library. The, like it was, the library was going to charge. It was like ten thousand dollars to photograph the lions. Really? It was ten thousand dollars if we wanted to photograph the uh, the Capitol. So we basically we're, we're, we're shooting the steps. We're kind of trying to avoid shooting the library at the same time. It was nuts. Wow, that's I didn't know that they did that. Why am I paying taxes? Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> it is the public library, right? Now. Yeah. Right. That's insane. Yeah, that and graffiti. Like you can't shoot graffiti without the artist's consent. Get out of here. It, it's how do you find them? They do. They're from time to time, they find them and they get the consent. And sometimes they find them and the artist will not give the consent or they ask for too much money. It's like it's illegal to spray graffiti on Excuse somebody's building. Excuse me, sir or ma'am. You are a technical criminal. Yeah. <laughs> Just yeah. give me the right. That's crazy. Uh, what's been your favorite New York City location to shoot at? And I guess we can also say Brooklyn, too, because you shoot so much in Brooklyn. I like any location in the middle of the night on a warm night that's in Brooklyn because I ride a bike. So I, riding a bike home over a bridge when there's no traffic is magical. A, a lot of the places that I love are places we didn't shoot, that we scouted but didn't. You know, the top of uh, a skyscraper is helip- a helipad or a, a subway tunnel that's closed down or the Navy Yard. You see so many amazing parts of the city in location scouting. And then you can't get, you know, they, they fall through for this reason, that reason. Whatever. Right. Kelsey has an outburst in a meeting when Charles overturned some of her decisions as publisher. We've heard many times from the cast that the conference room scenes make for very long shoot days and also some Peter Herman uh, laugh breakdowns. So what's your experience been like when shooting in that conference room? It's gotten better. Better? How? (laughs) Well, for one thing, the cast are so used to it being a a time 
hole that they warn incoming cast members, you know, uh, day players or special guests, they warn them. So everyone's kind of prepared for things slowing down a little bit in that room. It's gotten better. And, and, and it's also, I think on, on my part, I try to help it out by just simplifying how I'm going to shoot things in there so that just to take some of the pain out of it, you know. I know we already talked about the bachelor party scene and the strippers and the shy ones, uh, but that scene was just so epic. So is there any behind the scenes stories you can give us from that bachelorette party scene? We were looking for a place to shoot this bachelorette party. We scouted a number of strip clubs. Which ones? We were downtown at, um, in the financial district at uh, Flash Dancers. That sounds jazzy. Well, if you look around the city, you look at the taxi cabs, yeah. you'll, you'll see Flash Dancers on like every third cab. Oh my God, you're right. They're, they're, <laughs> I never realized. They're, they're, it's, it's ubiquitous. I'm like, my God, this is finally going to see what a Flash Dancers is all about. What's it, what's it all about? It's tiny. You walk in, there's like this, there's a tiny bar. There's no nudity at the bar, but then there's a, t- a smaller room opening into a smaller back room. And it's wood paneled. It's like it's a box. It's like a cigar box. Also very small. And uh, how many people can fit in there? The studio that we're in is about half the size of the Flash Dancers uh, striptease room. But we walk in there, and there were some female strippers milling about. And this one stripper came up to our location manager. She's like, "What, what are you doing? Well, we're looking for a place to shoot this thing for this television show." She's like, "Oh, you shouldn't shoot here. You should shoot at." Um, <laughs> She mentioned another one. You should shoot at the Hustler Club because it's just a tax write-off and no one ever goes there. You have the, and they have, they have the lighted floor. She was so helpful. She was like, you should go to this other place. It's got all these attributes that you need. And it's a tax write-off. No one goes there. Like, thank you very much. I'm sure her boss loved that. <laughs> <laughs> we, and we went and we scouted that, that other, this other place, uh, which didn't work out quite as well as where we wound up, which is right next to Silver Cup Studios, which uh-huh. is where we shoot the show. Yep. So it was literally we could, we could roll over there and shoot. And for those who don't know, where is Silver Cup Studios? Long Island City. Yeah, right, it is. Right at the, uh, the first exit off of the 59th Street Bridge. Okay, so now let's take a deeper dive into one scene from the episode. We do this every single episode of the podcast. In this scene, Josh is confronting Liza about the letter, and it's heartbreaking. So we really have to talk about this. So can you just talk us through everything that happens in this scene start to finish? Well, Liza has made a decision that she's going to commit to a relationship with Charles, and she feels that there's been too much friction between Charles and Josh, and that she has too many feelings for Josh to—it's complicating her relationship with Charles. Yes. So she writes a Dear John letter to Josh saying that she's not going to see him anymore. Josh is blindsided by this. He's gobsmacked by it because, you know, just to cut him off entirely— so the ladies go out on this bachelorette night, and in the midst of it, Diana is like, I want the full bachelorette experience. And Lauren has the idea, oh, great, we'll get you a tattoo. Yeah. And know just the place. And they, they pull up in their Hummer to um, Inkberg, where presumably they've called Josh and told him that they're, they're on their way over to get a, a tattoo. So he knows that, Sutton, he knows that uh, Liza's coming over. And Liza stumbles out of the Hummer, and she's shocked to see that she's landed at Inkberg, and Josh comes out the door. And they have to confront each other after this Dear John letter where she says she's not going to talk to him anymore, not going to see him anymore. Uh, So the core of the scene is Liza's resistance to Josh's challenge. He's going to challenge her. He's like, what the fuck? You know, why? How can you? You can't just cut me off like this. You you promised to be there for me and with my baby and everything. Yes. She's kind of digging her heels in. She's, she, she, for one, I think she's scared. She's scared that she's going to, of the feelings that she has for Josh. She's, mm-hmm. So she's denying those feelings. She's also, it's a little bit fueled by alcohol. And she's going to 
stick to her guns that they can't see each other anymore. So there's this, that's the challenge in the, in the moment. Josh confronts her about it and he demands she admit that she loves Charles more than she loves him. You know, she says the words. But she just says the words. She says the words. It was interesting to shoot that because, well, for one, we were shooting right underneath the Williamsburg Bridge. Mm-hmm. It was late at night. There was an ungodly number of trains going by. It was oh. so disruptive. <laughs> oh and Sutton, I mean, Sutton, I have, my respect for her knows no ends, but especially that night, she was interrupted every single take. And I, I'm, I'm sure that she used that in, in her performance. The frustration from yeah. the subways into Liza and Josh's exchange. Wow. And she was brilliant. And Nico got so lucky. His first take was great. And it had no trains. <laughs> you know, he was uninterrupted. Uh, but he played it. He At the end, he had – it was a version where he was – she says the words, you know, I, I love him more than you. And he's wounded by that. So then we, we did the next take and asked that he – you know, ha, ha, let this one be a, a victory. Let this be a little victory for you. And he's just got this glimmer in his eye. Like he, when, the, when she says it, he knows that – she doesn't mean it. That she doesn't mean it. He knows what he needs to know now. So this is a really emotional scene. Uh, how do the actors handle scenes like this? Do they get really upset? Is it hard for them to shake it when they're done? It was very difficult for Sutton because uh, – just because of the circumstances. And on top of everything else, life was imitating art because here these women are stumbling out of this Hummer drunk. We're shooting very late at night in an area of Brooklyn where there's plenty of bars. And people just started stumbling up the street. Like people were walking through this. You know, here you've got you got Hillary and Miriam and Debbie and Molly stumbling off down in the background, stumbling off down the street, going on to the next the next stop on their bachelorette night. And coming counter to them up the street are actual drunks just stumbling <laughs> through the shot. I'm sorry, you know, I was in your shot that day. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> You look familiar. <laughs> That's me. You know, you know and, and Sutton had to just had to weather this and just stand oh. there and wait for the trains to pass and stand there wait for the drunks to pass and then continue. <laughs> it, just uh, amazing on her part. What was the most important thing you wanted to capture in this scene? It was her resistance to his challenge. That was the core of it for me. Was there anything challenging or surprising about shooting this scene other than the subways? Because we've definitely established that. One thing that was surprising about shooting that scene was the limo itself. The limo has a... Um, we call it a seagull door, a seagull wing door. Kind of like a 1980s door, yes. Yeah, like the door that opens straight up, lifts up. The thing weighed a ton. It couldn't open from the inside. It was so heavy, a full-grown man could not open it from the inside. It had to be open from the outside. And yet I needed that to open up because I wanted to get Diana to come stumbling out through this amazing, this bizarre door right. inside of this limo. The only way for it to happen was that Lauren had to come out from the back door, come around, and she had to open it. So Molly, she's a slight, thin, small person. tiny, yes. But she's got strength. Really? She she hoisted this door up and down over and over and over again. If you close the door wrong, it would snap your arm off. (laughs) So Molly's superhuman strength was what was shocking about (laughs) that scene. And then we see a lot of scenes outside of Inkberg. Where is that actually located? It's a really cool place. It's actually a, a tiny, tiny little subterranean bar. We've changed the faces of it so, so it looks like a tattoo parlor, but it's a little bar called Lucy Rouge. It's on the north side of the Williamsburg Bridge uh, in Williamsburg. 
it's two doors down from the East River Bar where, where they always hang out and where we shoot a lot of scenes. But this little bar, it's, it's super cool. It's got like nine bar stools and maybe two little tables and a piano. It's a great spot. I recommend anybody go there. Lucy Rouge. So Josh tells Liza she wrote a letter to the wrong guy. So how do you think this scene might influence the course of what's to come for these characters? Well, it's definitely going to tip the balance back to neutral, you know, to uncertainty. Depending on who you're rooting for, it's anybody's game now. You know? Do you have a team? Team Josh, Team Charles? I do, but I'm not going to say. Ooh. <laughs> Fine, me too. I'm not going to say either. Oh. Okay, now I want to ask you the five questions I ask every younger director when I have them here. Here we go. What's your favorite younger set or location to shoot on? Any location on a warm night in the middle of the night when I can ride my bike home over the bridge. <laughs> you know? What's been the most memorable scene you've shot on the show? In any season, and why? There have been, uh, been so many. I know. Um, the Ella Moore book release party, which is shot in, shot in Times Square, was massive. And that was Times Square. That was Times Square we had, with thousands and thousands of people. Oh, and my was, God. That was big and fun. But honestly, I think of the first scene I ever shot, it was with Sutton and Miriam in Diana's office. And I, I don't even remember what the scene was, but the experience of it. it was, um, every time the camera cut, Miriam threw open a drawer in, in the desk, and she had a, a, a microphone there that wasn't plugged in yet. It was just a, just a microphone, and she started doing a routine. Stop. In between takes. And, it was, <laughs> and I was like, this is the best place to be. This show, is, it's so fun. Everyone's having s- such a good time doing it. You just wanted to be there. Like That was a very special scene because it set the tone for my entire experience on the series. You know? That's awesome. Is there a scene you shot that didn't make it into the final cut of the episode that you wish had, like in any of the seasons? Well, there's a shot that I deeply regret did not make it into, <laughs> into an episode, which is in that L.L. Moore uh, book release. Really? Which one? There was a, a crane shot coming down over, literally, it, it could have been out of a Kurosawa film. It was, you know, thousands of people crisscrossing <sighs> Times Square, and it came down over the fluttering banners of the set and onto the stage. And it was just this gorgeous shot. And that didn't make it into the, into the show. Why not? Time. Time. What is like the number one reason why things don't make it into the show? Time. Episode 612 is going to is going to be uh, interesting. See how they get that on the time. Well, you know, we're all here as the fans saying we want an hour. Just saying. <laughs> yeah, just yeah. kidding. I'm just kidding. But you're probably going to get a true 30 minutes out of that one. Oh, but, good. But, they, but they're still going to have to lose a lot. Which younger character would you most want to hang out with in real life? Hmm. I don't know if there are any pets in the show. I like dogs. There, <laughs> I'm like thinking, are there animals? There was one, actually, our Steadicam operator, B camera operator, Scott, uh, he used to live in this beautiful house right on the Hudson River by the Tappan Zee Bridge. And we shot a scene there. Um, we shot a bunch of scenes there. Oh, the penis house? Yes, the penis house. <laughs> I love the that. Was penis Scott, house. That was Scott's house. Definitely one of my favorite sets we've ever shot. Oh, the locations we've ever shot. It was awesome. It was a, it was a gorgeous summer what day. What was it, it was like just, when you guys found that? I mean, Scott had it. You know, Scott lived there. He said, just come to my, my wiener house. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, fantastic. It, it was, I mean, the wieners weren't there. You know? Oh, okay. okay. We, we brought those. But uh, Scott has a dog, this giant white dog. It's like a dire wolf. And this dog would kept, kept kind of, you know, like wandering and splashing through this, the scenes. And I hope that dog, wanted, I, I don't know if that let, made it into the final cut. I can't remember. Uh, his, his dog was great. But, uh, but so you want to hang out with the dog? Yeah, but to your question, sorry. <laughs> uh, I like Redman. I like a cynic. Yeah. You know, Redman's a cynic. So yeah. Like, yeah. So snarky. Yeah. <laughs> you never quite know. Are you, are you, are you laughing at me or with me? You know, <laughs> yeah. never know with Redman. What's the best thing about working on the show? Oh, there are too many positives to, to list. I mean, it, Maybe the the conversations. 
the conversations on set are just everyone's smart, interesting, opinionated, funny. You know, just you talk, you just bullshit about everything, and it's and you can because people do their job, so there's time for it. You know, it's great. That's awesome. That's a great answer. That's the first time we've ever had that answer, actually. So thanks for that. Um, Peter, thank you for joining me so much. It's been a pleasure. Such a pleasure. And let me just say, you've brought so many unforgettable younger episodes to life, and we're so excited to see more. Thank you. Next week is the Younger season finale, and I'll be right here afterwards to break it all down. I'm Taylor Strecker, and this is Younger Uncovered. Younger Uncovered.